1: Happy Wednesday, everyone! Welcome back uh, for those who are returning, and welcome to everyone who's new. I have a phenomenal guest today that I'm so excited about. Uh, I will introduce him in a minute, um, but his name is Max Lugavier as a teaser, and he's gonna teach us how to be smarter, happier, and more productive through food. So, right up my alley. Um very quickly, I'm going to do my little update on my angel. For those just joining, I was blessed with a precious angel through foster care uh, the day before Thanksgiving last year. So she's almost, well, she's like 10 and a half months and just the biggest blessing of my life. This morning on Instagram, I put a picture of her. I was in Nashville yesterday shooting Pickler and Ben. And I missed her. Granted, I got the first full night's sleep in I don't know how many months, but um, and more than six hours of it. So craziness, but I still just missed her so much. And I came home this morning and snuck in her room before she woke up and took a picture of her in her crib. And I'm just overwhelmed with gratefulness for her. Um, I want to encourage anybody who has a dream to go for it, because there were so many reasons not to do that at the time that I did it. But... The longing in my heart was so great um, that I just had to. And for those who haven't heard yet, her parents' rights were terminated two, almost two weeks ago. So if 46 days go by and nobody has tried to contest the termination of parental rights, I will get to sign adoption papers, which will be the happiest day of my life. Beyond the day that she landed in my life. So she's doing phenomenally well. I um, have a great caretaker when I'm gone. So I'm not worried about that. Although I have to say I take her everywhere I possibly can. Um, and that's that. It's We're doing great and happy. And, you know, I'm still figuring all this out. It's a lot of logistics. But, but amazing. Okay. Now, I don't want to take any more time away from our guest. Because he's seriously so awesome. His name is... Max Lugavier. He's a filmmaker, health, and science journalist, and the author of the New York Times best-selling book, Genius Foobs. Foods, Genius Foods, become smarter, happier, and more productive while protecting your brain for life. He's also the host of the top-ranking health podcast, The Genius Life. Lugavier has contributed to Medscape, Vice, Fast Company, CNN, and The Daily Beast, and appears regularly as a health and nutrition expert on The Dr. Oz Show, The Rachel Ray Show, where I saw him last week, and The Doctors. Welcome to the show, Max.
2: Thanks so much for having me. What a pleasure it is to be here.
1: You know, I love the story that got you into this. I think most of us know who you are and knew that you were already a successful journalist. And then, if I understand correctly, you were being an awesome son to your mother and when she was diagnosed with dementia unexpectedly and sort of jumped into this whole other area, taking your expertise and trying to help her. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, absolutely, Devin. So I um, my background, I my first job out of college was working for a news and information network for young people. Um, and I was very young at the time, but it was sort of like a journalism grad school. And uh, I got to sort of hone my my abilities with some of the best of the best in the field and I did that for about six years it was sort of like grad school in a way that I actually was able to pay my rent with which was sort of an an inverse as you know most people uh, experience grad school but when I left Current uh, TV which was the name of the network to um, try to figure out where I was going to take my career from there it was at that exact moment in my personal life that um, my mom, back home in New York City, began to show the earliest symptoms of dementia. And de- the word dementia was not in my vocabulary at the time. I mean, I had no prior family history of Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's disease, anything like that. And you know, what I the the ideas that I had harbored about those two conditions and neurological conditions in general um, were that they were you know, conditions of the aged, they were old people's diseases, they were, um, you know, conditions that were hereditary for the most part, conditions that we could do little to influence our risk for. And so when my mom basically started to show these symptoms that at the time I probably would have described as, uh, severe brain fog, um, It led to me wanting to go with her and to actually sit in the doctor's appointments with her to try to get some kind of understanding about what it was that she was going through. And in every doctor's office, I experienced what I've come to call the diagnose and adios. I was met with basically a battery of um, really strange cognitive tests, but not really uh, hearing all that much from the doctor about what was going on, what it was that my mom could potentially have. There was never any discussion about diet and lifestyle factors that might um, help improve my mom's symptoms. And ultimately, it took us around the country to some of the best neurology departments that there are. Fortunately, we had we had the ability to do that. But the journey culminated, um, at the time at least, in a trip to the Cleveland Clinic where – for the first time, my mom was diagnosed with uh, neurodegenerative disease, and she was prescribed drugs for both Alzheimer's disease and Parkinson's disease because of the, this confluence of strange symptoms that she was eliciting, and that was one of the worst weeks of my life because it was when the idea that my mom could have some kind of incurable illness really kind of seeped into the conversation. and the fear and helplessness and ignorance that I had about these conditions really, um, overtook my world. And, you know, I had no, um, if you would have told me then what I would be doing today, I would have not, (laughs) not believed you. Um, because yeah, for me, it was not never, you know, it's not like a light bulb went off in my head and I was like, oh, I could make a living talking about health and nutrition and science. No, I really, became just, you know, obsessed with learning everything I could about my mom's condition, what might have contributed to it, what could potentially be done to help, uh, you know, treat it from a diet and lifestyle per- perspective, what could be done to prevent it from ever happening to myself. And, you know, these all these skills that I had learned and amassed over the past uh, decade working in journalism really came to the rescue, you know, that it gave me the skill set to know how to investigate a complex topic like this and how to not be emotionally involved so much as I was really just, uh, you know, driven with pinpoint, um, you know, obsession to really get uh, clear answers. And so that set me up for the investigation that is laid out in Genius Foods and um really, you know, it's an obsession that will probably continue for the rest of my life.
1: Well, I love it. and it's, you know, I, I think entrepreneurs, everybody knows. we talk about like find the why in what you're doing. like when you have a reason that you're compelled to do something, it's and you know it so strongly, like that's when you're successful. So in your case, couple the fact that you're an awesomely attractive guy and that you had journalism background and, you know, your passion for this, it, it totally makes sense that you're insanely successful. Um, I would love to know when your mom, when you finally got to the Cleveland clinic and you were given those prescriptions, um, were they things that you, that she did decide to take or did you do it all with genius foods or how did that work?
2: Um, that's a really good question. It, you know, people of, of, Prior generations, I think there's this real appeal to authority, especially when it comes to healthcare. And certainly at the time, I was completely ignorant. We all were, and so the my mom absolutely began taking the medications. And um, it's really been a you know I wish I could say that I've been able to reverse the the condition, but one of the most shocking things that I learned is that dementia oftentimes begins in the brain. Way earlier than the presentation of symptoms. I mean, if we we're talking about Alzheimer's disease, which is the most common form of dementia and therefore the most studied of the uh, variants, dementia. I mean, Alzheimer's disease begins in the brain thirty to forty years, if not if not longer, before the first symptoms. So, um, you know, I there's no evidence that diet can reverse, um, you know, Alzheimer's disease once it's been diagnosed officially. Gotcha. Um and you know my mom doesn't have Alzheimer's she has a more sort of rare form of dementia called Lewy body dementia, Uh, but you know again you know it's assuming that it's assumed that these these pathological changes in the brain began, you know far earlier than those prescriptions were written, and so I think that her condition has held um steady certainly the 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 reports of. Louis body dementia, which affect a, a, a very small number of um, patients. It's a it's a very rare form. It's what uh, it was revealed Robin Williams had just prior to his passing. Ted Turner just revealed that he had Louis body dementia. So I mean, you're some these stories are now bubbling up, but there's not a lot known about it. Nonetheless, you know, my mom has been on an exercise regimen. She's been eating um, as healthy as possible, but she's still on the on the drugs and. Um, I What I've seen with all of my interactions with dozens and dozens and not hundreds of doctors at this point is that in medicine, there's a real bias for the prescription of drugs, whether or not they are efficacious in the patient. And there's a real bias in tandem with that against deprescription. There's been research showing that polypharmacy in older, frail people um, really contributes to um, Early mortality, you know, and that the deprescription of drugs actually can increase lifespan and health span, oftentimes. But I, I've, you know, it's been very seldom that I've encountered a doctor that actually uh, makes an effort to see where drugs can be taken away. So my mom is on a number of, of drugs, and I can't say with certainty that any of them help. Um, but I, I would, yeah. Well,
1: the reason I asked that question is because, so I was in a car accident on November 18th in 2015, (laughs) and I was um, uh, getting celebrity treatment of sorts um, in a town car working on my laptop, and we were struck on the freeway and I hit my head. And right after it, I thought I was going to be fine, um, like, you know, the next day or whatever. But as time went on, my headaches got worse and all sorts of things. Um, And, you know, I thought they were going to go away. And in July of 2016, I literally went to a neurologist and was handed four prescriptions. Now, I know this is really different than your mom because, like, some drugs obviously help and it's good to take. But I was handed four prescriptions and told to numb my brain, literally. Wow. Um, and I was like, for how long? Because anybody who knows me knows that I'm like crazy over the top, like uh, bordering, not anymore, workaholic with Jellybean. But I was for years, you know, wrote eight books in six years and, and just to like go, go, go. And so the thought to me of uh, sitting in a dark room and... Long story short, it's like, well, what, oh, she said one to two years. And, and I was just like, uh, and then um, she's like, I would get a lawyer and, you know, basically sue people. And, and I was like, what if I don't? And she's like, you're going to get depressed. And I'm like, this conversation is depressing me. And long story short, I, I couldn't bring, when I read this, the effects of the drugs, I couldn't bring myself to take them at the time and wound up finding neurofeedback. Which, by the way, was not covered by insurance, Mm -hmm. nor has like the. I've spent more hours and more days trying to find the alternative treatments that could work, and none of them are covered. So, I was that's kind of why I was asking because I have since tried a couple of drugs. I didn't stay on any of them because they were causing weight gain and other things that were giving me worse symptoms. But obviously, I'm speaking again, I'm on TV again, I'm working again. So, um, yeah. some of the things worked, but I was just curious, you know, like yeah. where
2: that. Yeah. I know. mean, I, I, I'm not anti-medicine in any way. I'm just, right. you know, I think that these, these drugs are often prescribed willy nilly and it's, um, you know, we don't, there's a lot that we don't understand about the drugs that people are given, you know, and the, and the myriad of downstream effects that they could have, you know, take antibiotics, for example, which we know are, are over prescribed today. Um, right. you know, I hear sto- stories all the time of parents bringing in their children with what are obvious viral infections and they get prescribed antibiotics and, you know, these have an effect on the microbiome of the body, um, in the gut, you know, the universe of microorganisms that live in the gut that influence our health in a myriad of ways, you know, the, the vast majority of which we have yet to fully understand or, or even begin to uncover. And, um, and so I just think like, you know, a a monotherapy where you get a drug if you have, um, you know, or you take the occasional non-steroidal anti-inflammatory to treat occasional pain, I think that's fine. But what happens is when people are given these drugs to take chronically in a chronic setting and then polypharmacy sort of seeps in, meaning, you know, lots and lots of drugs, they, you know, there is no um, definitive way that that, uh, researchers can measure, you know, any of the many interactions that, These drugs have with one another. Um, And, you know, in the case of neurodegenerative conditions, it's most of the drugs are not even really that efficacious. And if they're not efficacious, then a person shouldn't be on them. And that's not a conversation that's had too frequently in these uh, doctors' offices. I can assure you, from personal experience. Well,
1: and that was my experience and my frustration, and that's why I was curious your take on that. Because, as I said, like taking you know a couple drugs in your mother's condition, like I totally you know makes complete sense. And I'm sure I'm so glad that you were there with her to do the research. Um, But yeah, for someone to hand me four prescriptions is an otherwise like lively, vibrant, you know, yeah. um, the person was just like wait what like (laughs) and i i feel bad for the person who listened to that doctor who came after me or before me or whatever because that was not you know she had me believing that i wasn't going to be on tv again and i mean for a split second i'm just not that personality but you know it's yeah my point was you know people do need to be careful and it it seems you agree yes Um, we have to go to break in two minutes, but I want to tease that we're going to talk about some of the ways we can all help yes. our brains now so that we're not in this situation. Can you give us a one minute on what we're going to talk about?
2: So we're going to talk about the foods that you guys can eat, if you're listening, to improve the way that your brain works today while also helping give your brain a sort of sword and shield against uh, c- the conditions associated with aging. Um. So we're going to talk about... Uh, really actionable steps. You know, this is not going to be a a doom and gloom conversation telling you what you can't eat. I'm going to tell you the foods that you really should um, be buying on loop in your supermarket and exactly why they work so effectively at improving the way that your brain works and also shielding it against um, cognitive aging, which is um, not something that anybody wants or should have to endure.
1: And Max has a killer Instagram page with tons of followers. So on the break, I encourage everybody to go check that out. I I forget. Is it Genius Foods or your name?
2: It's just my name. Instagram.com slash Max Lugavere.
1: Okay. So everyone go check that out and we'll be back in a couple minutes. Stay tuned.
3: This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Tune in every week to the Voice America Influencers Channel for The Movement with Shannon D. Hughes. It's all about what's happened in the past that determines the future. Everyone has their up moments and their down moments. The pendulum is always swinging between the victories and the pitfalls in our lives. But each of these serves as success points that we learn from and move forward. Listen for The Movement every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top.
2: Tune in to The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso for an entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussion with some of the top stars in their fields, from business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, literature, and current events. If you're looking for what's next and comparing it to what's now or what's past, look no further than The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel.
3: Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America
0: Influencers. You are listening to Have It All with Devin Alexander. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to fans at devinalexander.com. Now, back to Have It All.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome back. I'm here with the awesome Max Lugavere. He's a filmmaker extraordinaire, and he has this awesome, awesome new book called genius foods become smarter, happier, and more productive while pro- protecting your brain for life. He's, uh, also, he hosts a podcast called the genius life, and he has been talking about his mother being diagnosed with dementia, but also the vast amount of research he's done to help us all prevent, well, potentially prevent, being in that situation by protecting our brains now becoming smarter and happier and more productive through food. So yes, Max, what's the, like, what can we do? (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, well first of all, I'm really glad that you added the word potentially because you know, one of the things that has become so important to me over time has been the accurate portrayal of the science as it currently stands. And you know, I'm an incredibly optimistic person when it comes to a person's ability to change their cognitive destiny with the foods that we're about to talk about. But, you know, as the currently as the science currently stands, you can do everything right in accordance to um the, you know, the protocol that I offer. And you never know. I mean, the same way that we can't guarantee with a hundred percent accuracy that you can prevent cardiovascular disease today. You can do everything right, um, but you know you could still you could you could harbor somewhere within your genome a risk factor that has yet to be identified. So what we can do is we can stack the odds in our favor. And that's what this is all about. This is all about doing what's in accordance with the best available evidence to stack the odds in our favor so that we would, so that we potentially never have to experience in our own lives, um, in the lives of our loved ones, conditions like Alzheimer's disease and dementia. And so for me, it's really all about eating the right foods and taking a few simple lifestyle steps to really, uh, you know, give your the your brain the fighting chance that it deserves to have in the modern world, where insults are thrown at it um, from every which way. And so, the foods that that are really important. You know, I talk a lot about the value of eating eggs, um, and you know, eggs are one of the least expensive ways to get a good dose of protein in the supermarket. But other than other than that. Um, When an embryo is developing, the first structure to assemble is the nervous system, which includes the brain. The brain is the central nervous system. And so an egg yolk literally contains everything that nature has deemed important to grow, a brain. It literally has small amounts of everything required for healthy brain function in a human being. It's got a hefty dose of vitamin B12. It contains a compound, a vitamin B-like compound called choline, which is really important in terms of um, creating phospholipids, which are essentially uh, the brain cell membranes that we rely on In in, in um, so far as their ability to transmit messages from brain cell to brain cell. And so... You know, choline found in in egg yolks, super important. If you, you know, are not able to, uh, if you don't enjoy eating eggs, you can always supplement with city choline, which provides a really sort of bioavailable um, alternate to choline found in egg yolks. But city choline is great. They also contain fat soluble antioxidants that are... Critically important uh, in terms of shielding your brain against oxidative stress, which is one of the characteristics of conditions like Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's disease, and also might exacerbate other neurological conditions um, like autism, for example. So, you know, fat-soluble antioxidants critically important. Dark leafy greens are um, something that I try to eat every single day in the form of a large fatty salad. Uh, research, research. <laughs> Yeah. Research at <laughs> Rush, Rush University found that people who do this every single day eat a large um, salad composed of dark leafy greens, have brains that perform up to 11 years younger on tests of cognition. So this is really important. I tend to love spinach, kale, and arugula. Those are my favorites. So every day, that's a rule that I set out in my book. Try to have a large salad. And one of the things that's really important to keep in mind is that many of the most valuable compounds in these, in these greens are only absorbed in your body when in the presence of fat. So you want to make sure that you are um, consuming fat when you eat this salad. And I don't mean commercial salad dressings, which can contain some of the uh, most unhealthy oils in the food supply. You really want to focus on um, another genius food, extra virgin olive oil. So when you eat your, your large fatty salad, it's a great way to actually bring together many of the foods that I talk about in the book. Um, you want to use an extra virgin olive oil-based salad dressing. Very important because it helps the some of the nutrients in the greens actually become um, more readily absorbed through your digestive tract.
1: It's funny. I, of course, am, like, wanting to throw out recipes for that, but obviously if anyone needs them, you can go to my website for those. But I do the exact same thing, and honestly, part of the reason I love kale so much is it doesn't get soggy. Like, yeah. I, I don't eat as much spinach because – it feels like it goes soggy so quickly and I don't enjoy it as much. But kale, you can even, if you don't eat it all, eat the leftovers the next day and it's still not soggy.
2: <laughs> yeah, kale's great. It's a really sturdy, <laughs> um, you know, form of fiber. You've got tons of uh, carotenoids, which are the, these pigments that help boost brain processing speed. So kale is one of these things that I'm trying to eat very regularly. It's, it's one of the most nutrient-dense, if not the most nutrient-dense food that exists because of its preponderance of nutrients, um, but also it's very, um, low, uh, caloric value. So, you know, nutrient density, the hallmark of any health food is nutrient density and kale is sort of, you know, the food that perfectly typifies that characteristic. Um, actually I love to make a salad with, uh, extra virgin olive oil, apple cider vinegar, and a little bit of nutritional yeast which right. is something that not many people are that familiar with, but it adds like a cheesy flavor. Mm-hmm. So I can kind of make like a, I don't know, it tastes almost like a Caesar salad. It's very um, savory. That's actually another thing that I want to discuss briefly is the value of salt. You know, salt is a compound that um, provides sodium, which is a, a nutrient actually, although you wouldn't think it from the way sodium is, dis- is discussed in the mainstream, but salt is critically important for healthy brain function and when it comes to making really healthy foods palatable, I think salt is, is critical. You know, being able to salt broccoli and Brussels sprouts and cauliflower and even putting salt in a salad. Um, it's one of these underappreciated benefits of salt in that it makes really he- healthy foods more palatable for us. And, you know, if we happen to have children, for our children as well.
1: Right. You know, it's funny. I agree with you. I think that salt's gotten a really bad rap and I actually have low blood pressure. So I've needed to have salt in my diet or I will literally pass out. Um, I was on a diet, uh, many, many years ago. Um, people know I've lost 70 pounds and it wow. was one of those super salt restrictive things. And literally every time I got in an elevator and changed elevation, I would pass out literally. Oh, wow. and then It turned out that I was so salt restricted, but so it, is important. I mean, that said, I'm actually, I stalk your Instagram page. Um, Don't worry, I'm harmless. (laughs) But I was just looking at it right now and it's interesting that you have your most recent post about, I think so many people think, oh, I'm going on a vegan diet, I'll lose weight and I'll, you know, it'll be so much better. And while, you know, there's definitely a place for that and plant-based is great and all, do you want to tell us a little bit about your most recent post that, um, is unhealthy plant-based versus healthy plant-based, talking about the Beyond Meat burger versus (laughs) the big, giant bowl of beautiful salad you have in your hands. (laughs)
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, so that salad that I have in my hands is an example of a fatty salad that I try to eat every single day. But, you know, I think what's so weird about the... um, And I I have nothing personal against vegans, but I I don't think that it's a a healthful diet from the perspective of the brain, um, veganism. But, you know, there's this debate about the term plant-based, and vegans have seemingly co-opted the term plant-based and use it to to, to describe a vegan diet. But when it comes to, like, using um, language appropriately, you know, I eat a plant-based diet that includes meat. So I think it's important to take back the term plant-based and to acknowledge that you can eat a plant-heavy diet um, and a plant-based diet. Ah, uh, while incorporating very healthy um, animal products that include a number of really important nutrients that are uh, critical for healthy brain function, um, not to mention lifespan and health span and all that stuff. So, in the in the Instagram post that you're referring to, I am showing one very unhealthy, uh, hyper-processed food that is a uh, it's a vegan burger um, that's available, you know, pretty. Um, in, in supermarkets around the country. And it's just a it's it's what I would consider an ultra-processed food. You know, it's made with canola oil, which in and of itself is a very processed oil. It's not found naturally in nature. Um, and it's something that, you know, vegans will eat. And I just don't want people, you know, if you're consenting to eating that and you're not under the assumption that it's a that it's uh, actually a, a very unhealthy processed food, then that's fine. But what I think my job really in this space is all about is, um, you know, sort of cutting through the noise and showing people that might have thought that that was a healthy alternative to a grass-fed burger, for example, that that's actually um, not true at all. So I present these two options. One is unhealthy plant-based and the other is healthy plant-based. In a healthy plant-based meal, you know, you're eating lots of dark leafy greens, you're eating um, vegetables uh, like um, you know, cabbage in the picture that I'm showing, I'm using uh, fermented cabbage, which is kimchi, which is very, very healthy. It's a staple of South Korean cuisine. Um, it's a fermented food. It's loaded with uh, probiotics. Um, I've got some avocado there. I've got some nuts for the vitamin E almonds are an incredible source of vitamin E, which is really important for, um, shielding your brain cell membranes against, um, inflammation and, and, you know, ultimately aging itself. So, you know, two ways of looking at the same, uh, way of eating which is veganism you know you can be you can have a very unhealthy vegan diet and you can have a, a very you know helpful vegan diet so that's what I'm offering in that in that photo um, which you know whenever I post anything about plant-based diets or uh, you know offering my take it's always I'm, I always get controversy because vegans on the internet tend to be very vocal um, they're very they're a very they're a very passionate group so,
1: I I tuckle because I agree <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I'm curious, would you be able to, and I'm hoping the answer is yes, replace that beautiful yellow pepper that you have in your other hand with a small piece of chocolate?
2: Yeah, totally. So I'm <laughs> glad you bring it up. I'm actually a big fan of dark chocolate, which usually, um, you know, if, uh, Telling people to, you know, cut the sugar and refined oils out of their diets makes, you know, makes me a few enemies in the audience. The chocolate usually wins them back, uh, <laughs> because, uh, yeah, it's a, it's dark chocolate is a health food, and usually what I want for people is, um, seventy-two percent cacao or higher. You know, really, even better than that would be eighty-five percent or higher. To be totally honest. Um, But chocolate has a number of powerful effects in the body. It's actually been recently shown um, to prevent DNA damage, which is at the root of cancer, um, you know, oncogenesis. So this is pretty important. Chocolate um, and the phytochemicals found within it have been found to boost mitochondrial function, improve functioning of the dentate gyrus, which is a region of the hippocampus, which is the brain's memory center. Um, chocolate consumers actually tend to have uh, better memory function. And there's even this funny association at the national level. There's a, a link between um, chocolate consumption per capita and Nobel laureates produced by a given nation. So more chocolate.
0: Really? Yeah,
2: yeah. And, you know, that, yeah, the caveat there is, of course, that correlation doesn't equal causation. But I think it's... um you know, at the, at the, the, at the level of basic science and looking at mechanism, animal studies and things like that, it really seems that chocolate is beneficial. It's it's one of the most powerful, um, and abundant sources of polyphenols, which, uh, help stoke our body's own, um, detox pathways and help, you know, our bodies, uh, produce chemicals that help fight against inflammation and oxidative stress and things like that. So, um, super, super beneficial. And again, you know, it's, um, Many of these compounds that I that I talk about in genius foods, like the dark leafy greens, eggs, um, extra virgin olive oil, they're not beneficial for just one reason. That would be a form of reductionism that I think doesn't really suit uh, our health, and especially the conversation surrounding food. These foods all have a myriad of effects. Um, on the body, some of which we've identified, many of which we have yet to even identify. So um, chocolate is a great example. It's a, it's a powerful source of polyphenols, as I mentioned, but it's also one of the top sources there are of magnesium, which half of the people in the United States don't consume adequate amounts of. And yet it's a really important cofactor for numerous enzymatic uh, reactions in the body that range from energy generation to um, DNA repair enzymes. So when it comes to aging, there's this notion that uh, DNA damage an accumulation of DNA damage really is at the root of um, why as we get older, it seems our organs and our tissues begin to uh, fail us ultimately. Um, And so, you know, anything that we can do to help uh, repair against, you know, the damages incurred to our DNA that just seem to be a normal cost of daily living in the modern world, um, is something that we really should, uh, look to and dark chocolate, you know, it's delicious, it provides an abundance of magnesium. Um, one of the top sources that there is actually, and, uh, all these polyphenols really make it a, a wonderful, um, health food. But again, you know, d- dark cho- chocolate, which is, um, the form that, that these, these compounds usually come in, in the modern world tends to have a lot of sugar in it. So you want to make sure that when you're buying chocolate, it's, uh, 72 or higher in terms of its percentage of cacao. And um, I prefer organic. Organic is really, you know, something that I think is important. Um, And yeah, have at it.
1: Cool. Um, okay. We only have three minutes to break. I know we've talked about salmon and eggs and avocados and foods that we do talk about health foods a lot. There are other health foods though that we haven't talked, or like that other people categorize as healthy. And I'm sure yeah. you can't do this in three minutes, but just kind of to give us a general sense, what about things like quinoa and brown rice or some of the, you know, farro ancient greens? How do they play a role?
2: Yeah, so my recommendation for grains, I don't I actually don't make the recommendation to consume grains because they're a very energy dense but nutrient poor food. The only person for which I feel that grains are actually benef- you know, potentially beneficial are you know, are for people that are lean and are exercising vigorously on a regular basis. For people that are not doing that, for people that are, you know, maybe have a little extra weight um than they would like for people that um, are mostly sedentary other than the occasional exercise class that they're able to work into their schedule, for people that, you know, spend a lot of time sitting in traffic or sitting at desks, I um, actually make the recommendation to avoid grains and instead to build your diet around foods that are much more nutrient dense, um, like dark leafy greens, like avocados, like eggs, like um, low starch foods. So... Um, grass-fed beef, wild salmon, these foods are all low in starch. They're mostly going to be protein and important micronutrients that we need for healthy brain function. Um, So, you know, acknowledging the fact that we have limited real estate on our plates and in our stomachs, Grains, you know, are not uh, what I would consider a health food for the vast majority of people in the United States. And, you know, looking, looking at the population level and just speaking in terms of statistics for a second, 50% of the population is either diabetic or pre-diabetic. So for that population, which have become effectively glucose intolerant, I would say definitely uh, avoid the grains um, and stick to foods that are uh, low in sugar and starch. That would be my awesome. recommendation.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, we will pick up with Max when we come back. Stay tuned, everyone.
0: We don't
3: follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel.
0: It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to the Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time for the Forbes Factor. We get.
3: Get Unchained. Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel.
0: You are listening to Have It All with Devin Alexander. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's one 866 472 5795. Or send an email to fans at devinalexander.com. Now back to Have It All. Hey everyone!
1: Welcome back. I'm here with Max Lugavere who's all about genius foods. He has this awesome book called Genius Foods, become smarter, happier, and more productive while protecting your brain for life. And we've been talking about all the important foods to eat. Um, We had just been talking about grains. Um, One of the things, though, I mentioned that I saw you on Rachel Ray, is you have a lot of tricks with cold water. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, I'm a big fan of taking cold showers. Um, don't get me wrong. I like a nice warm, hot shower as well, but, uh, you know, cold water immersion provides a form of exercise to the body, um, that I call thermal exercise. You know, we, um, humans have gotten really good at catering our environments to our comfort zones, but we certainly evolved, um, without the, you know, heating abilities and, uh, you know, technical fabrics that we have today to allow us to stay within our realm of comfort, um, really 24 hours a day. And so it seems that by taking um, dips into cold water, taking a cold shower, or even using a technology called cryotherapy, um, it really seems to bring about a number of beneficial changes in the body. One of the um, things that begins to happen is there's an increase of a neurotransmitter in the brain called norepinephrine, which is a a sort of chemical messenger involved in focus and attention. So if I'm ever feeling a bit lethargic or tired, Um, taking a cold shower is a really great way for me to feel like I'm sort of bringing my ba- brain back online. And, um, you know, it's it's like a night and day difference. It almost has like a pharma- pharmacological level of uh, uh, impact on the way that I feel. And the other thing that cold water immersion does or just uh, honestly being in ambiently cooler temperatures. Um, it increases our body's metabolism. It, it encourages something called thermogenesis, which is when your body starts to burn calories in order to stay warm. Um, And And so
1: how long and how cold?
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, I like to do it as cold as I can stand it. Um, And we acclimate, thankfully. So psychologically, we tend to adapt to these cold temperatures. So what I recommend is for people to start, you know, really just to kind of like keep dialing the lever until it's uh you know cold enough where you are uncomfortable um and kind of see how long you can stay in there and with every shower you, you could end your shower this way um increase the amount of time spent or increase the um you know how cold it is and uh you know and you'll notice that your heart begins to pump a little bit faster the caveat being that this is a uh, you know like exercise like beginning any new exercise program it's not without risk Um, So if you have a medical condition, you want to check with your doctor um, before you do something like this. But, um, you know, they've done studies where people that were diabetic um, allowed to, uh, you know, inhabit an area that was, I believe, about 60 degrees Fahrenheit for six hours. They showed a pretty marked increase in their Body's um, sensitivity to the hormone insulin, which is basically a, a, an improvement in the sort of health marker that matters if you're a type 2 diabetic. So, um, 60 degrees is not freezing. It's um, activates what is called non-shivering thermogenesis. So it's you know where you, it doesn't have to be cold to the to the point where you begin to shiver, but just being in sort of a mild cooler temperature seems to you know benefit the body. Um, anything that we can do to, 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 you know, leave our comfort zones, whether it's, um, in an acute setting or even in a, in a more regular setting, I think is very beneficial to our bodies. Um, because you have to remember one of the reasons why exercise is beneficial to us is because it's a stressor, you know? So, um, if you were to exercise constantly throughout the day, eight hours a day without taking any rest, you'd probably end up killing yourself. So, you know, it's a, it's a, part of the reason why exercise is beneficial is because it's we do it just enough to stress the system just enough where our bodies respond in a way that um, leaves us better off than we were before. You know, we tend to over-respond to exercise, becoming more resilient, stronger. Um, there's uh, a, what's called cr- a cross-adaptation effect where, you know, the cold shower or physical exercise actually, because it's a physical stressor, it might actually help us better cope with psychological stress. So, these are all things that, um, you know, that benefit us. And it, it all comes down to the, the beneficial aspects of stress when experienced in an acute setting. This is in um, contrast to chronic stress, which many of us face today. That's not a good thing. That's a, that's a bad thing, chronic psychological stress. But acute doses of stress from a cold shower, from sitting in a sauna, from a vigorous bout of exercise, these are all very beneficial things to the body and brain.
1: You know what's crazy? So I've always ended my shower with a cold rinse per se, because when I was a teenager, I was a plus size model and a hair model. And like in retrospect, I feel kind of goofy saying this because I never really looked up the science But I was told that your hair will be shinier if after washing it and like rinsing out the or like you rinse out the conditioner with cold water. So as I said, I've always ended my shower like to make my hair shiny. (laughs) Um, Again, I have no idea if science backs this, but I guess when you're 15 and you hear these things, you kind of believe it and don't really question. And and many years later, I I probably should look that up. But even if it Uh, doesn't, I guess it's been helping other things.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I have no idea what it does to the hair, but I do know that it, you know, at least subjectively, it definitely makes the skin, um, you know, closes up your pores. Uh, it, it tightens the skin, um, you know, and skin contraction is uh, is made possible by musculature, right? And so any kind of exercise that we can give to the musculature underlying our epidermis, um, I think that's probably going to be a beneficial thing. and doing something like contrast therapy, like taking a cold shower, going, you know, back into a warmer temperature and doing that again a few times, um, theoretically that might help, uh, with skin, um, appearance. So yeah, I'm, um, you know, I, I, I think many of these benefits have been identified and explored by research. And so I've been convinced that they are, that it's, a. Uh, worth doing but you have to remember that you know not everything has been explored or identified or described and so sometimes we just have to rely on our own subjective um, experience of these uh, of these little experiments you know so I mean you noticing that your hair looks better after a cold shower you know I don't necessarily have the science to explain that but I'm not doubting you either
1: well, I'm I'm loving this because you're basically giving me an excuse to go to the spa and then have a piece of chocolate as long as I otherwise eat relatively healthy. <laughs> have at it,
2: yeah. It. <laughs> um,
1: so I know that you recently headlined an event called Capture the Moment. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, it was an incredible event at NYU, the legendary Skirball Center. Um, and we got to talk all about genius foods and my mission for writing the book. And it was set up by cognizant city which, um, you know, I'm very selective over the supplement companies that I, that I choose to work with. I'm not, um, you know, regularly sponsored by any, uh, one supplement company, but, um, but I personally use supplements and I, you know, I think because our food supply has changed and because people have. Um, schedules that make it tricky sometimes to get all of their requisite nutrients for optimal brain function. Uh, there are a handful of supplement companies that I that I you know have worked with, and Cognizant City Choline, they make a great product. Um, it's a it's a it's a very pure um, form of a compound that basically enriches your brain cell membranes with um, phospholipids, which are really important when it comes to uh, allowing your brain cell membranes to. Um, surface up various receptors for neurotransmitters that um, play a really important role in pretty much every single aspect of thought, of cognition, of life as we know it. So the brain cell membrane is something that I talk about a lot in my book, Genius Foods. Um, you know, and I don't know of any other book to really kind of go there, but uh, it's something that I believe is very important and cognizant, and citicoline, you know, they make, they make something that if you can't get choline um, in adequate amounts from eggs and egg yolks, which contain an abundance of choline, um, you know it provides a really great um, and easy to take alternative for this very bioavailable source of choline. And um, my, uh, you know, if I recall the statistic, you know, only about 10% of people consume adequate amounts of choline, and the um, adequate intake for choline. D- varies depending on um, where you are in life, what gender you are, if you're if you're pregnant, for example, choline becomes critically important. So um, that's why you know I continue to push eggs as a health food um, and uh, and other choline containing foods. Um, and so that's you know that's kind of what the event was all about. We we're talking about food, science, research, and. Uh, It was the first book signing that I think I had had in New York at that point. So it was a great way to have, you know, people that follow me across social media to come out, say hi, get their questions answered, get a copy of the book, um, learn about Cognizant City Choline And yeah, it was a win-win for everybody. It was a great event.
1: Awesome. Okay. So we only have four minutes left. So I want, number one, very quickly for you to tell people where they can find more information about you.
2: Yeah, for sure. Well, as you mentioned, Devin, I'm super active on Instagram. So at Max Lugavere, come say hi on Instagram. Listen to my podcast on iTunes. It's called The Genius Life. All you gotta do is search for the Genius Life. Um it's a top top health podcast. You're bound to get lots of really good information um there. And then my book, Genius Foods, really is uh, uh, you know, what I consider to be um a masterclass in nutrition. So you know, I worked really hard on it for two years, um, which was how long the writing process took, and then my research began six years before then, and so it's very comprehensive. And um, yeah, it's it's the it's a you know the the unofficial care manual for the modern human brain. Um, I wrote it without any preconceptions, without you know any any bias or anything like that, and it's been used to teach healthcare practitioners. Um, and lay people alike. It's, it's as dense in terms of the research as you could possibly want it, but it's also written with a sense of humor, pop culture references. There's a number of uh, you know, pop culture surprises peppered throughout the book, honoring my um, past, having worked in, in media and you know, Hollywood as a journalist. So you know, I want people to really get that it's not a, a, a book written by a stodgy academic. It's a book that's written really to be absorbed by people. Um, from all different backgrounds. So, again, that's called Genius Foods, and it's available wherever you, uh, wherever you buy, you know, pick up books.
1: Awesome. Okay, so we just have two minutes. I know one of the things you brought up supplements, and I know this can be, and this could go on for another hour, honestly. But if someone you know is curious about which supplements they should be taking, do you recommend going to a doctor, a nutritionist? Should you be leery if they don't do blood work, like? Could you give us like a one minute sort of what you'd recommend there to know?
2: Yeah, I mean, it really d- depends, um, you know, individual to individual. I, for example, I'm a big fan of fish oil. So I take a high quality fish oil supplement um, pretty pretty regularly. Um, and uh, I do supplement with vitamin D on days that I'm, you know, not getting adequate sun exposure I take vitamin K2, which I think is a very important um, uh, vitamin that helps regulate calcium in the body. I'm also a huge fan of a uh, supplement called astaxanthin, um, A-S-T-A-X-A-N-T-H-I-N, which is um, a marine carotenoid. It's what gives wild salmon its rich red color. It's been shown to boost um, skin texture, skin health, eye health, brain health. Um, so I'm a big fan of that. You know, we know that the consumption of, of wild fish is, uh, associated with better health outcomes and wild salmon in particular, it's rich in this compound. So, you know, I choose to supplement with that. Um, but, but other than that, getting down to the nitty gritty folate, B12, vitamin D, even vitamin D should be measured and kept tabs, uh, by a physician. Um, you don't want to take too much of it. Um, and so it really comes down to a, you know, what I recommend for people is to, to Touch base, you know, once a year with a functional medicine, medicine physician who can look at nutrient status in the body. Um, for example, even fish oil. You know, if you've got a, a an optimal omega three index, um, which you know they look at the amount of omega threes in your red blood cell membranes, um, then there's really no need to supplement with omega threes. So it comes down to an individual um, basis. But uh, in general, I'm pro supplementation, but I think it's important to supplement smartly, just as it is to eat smartly
1: awesome thank you so much max for joining us i can't tell you how much i appreciate it and i'm psyched to continue to quote stalk you on instagram and uh and see you pop up in various places
2: oh man well my pleasure it's been a real treat to be here devin thank you so much and thank you to everybody out there listening you know having listened to this conversation i hope you learned something and come find me on social media would love to stay in touch with you
1: thanks everyone have a great week
0: Thanks for listening to Have It All. Be sure to join Devin Alexander for another great show next Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Until we talk again, have a fit and fun week.